Blog Talk Radio. My name is Ned Hard. I'm John, as always, by my brother, Whit Hard. Whit, how's it going today? Going pretty good. How are you? Good. So it's been a crazy couple of weeks on the Wake Forest recruiting uh, front. Glad to be back in the same room as Whit to kind of go through all that's happened. The 2019 football class, really the main topic today, and just the momentum that they've gained over the last couple of weeks. Currently ranked 41th in the nation nationally, a top 10 in the ACC, and just a number of big names committing to be wearing black and gold to the next level in the last couple of weeks. Really exciting stuff, but Yeah, this is a whirlwind of a couple of weeks, and it looks like the football class is all but wrapped up, maybe with the exception of a few guys here or there, but with 15 commits in the class already, you said it ranks 41st in the country according to 247 Sports. That's good for 10th in the ACC. Um, that is 22 spots better than last year's class, which had a number of high-caliber talents. But this class is really notable because we had two guys who, in within a span of a week, became the highest-ranked player ever to commit to Wake Forest, not just in the Dave Clawson era, but in all time. Yeah. And those two players were Nolan Gruel and Donovan Green, both four-star wide receivers and two guys who can kind of change the trajectory of how we talk about recruiting for Wake Forest within the ACC. Completely. I feel like the last couple of years we've always talked about, okay, what's going to be the big class that pushes Wake to the next level? I mean, Dave Clawson has been building this year after year, and obviously the results are coming, but we're always waiting for, okay, what's the class that we're going to be landing these four-star guys over a uh, plethora of other Power 5 programs. And it started to come here with Nolan Gruel and Donovan Green, both two-star wide receivers, ranked number one and number two in the four state. Four-star wide receivers. Sorry, four-star wide receivers, ranked number one and number two in the state of North Carolina at their position, offering different skill sets as well. Gruel can play in the slot, can also play on the outside, but one of the best route runners in the country. He just showed out at the Rivals five-star camp just last weekend and was actually voted by Rivals as raising the stock the most um, of any player at the entire showcase. More of a kind of finesse and, and really sure hands, whereas Donovan Green will give you the sheer athleticism, the guy on the outside that can burn you on deep routes and just go up and get it. And so I think both of them perfectly complement what we're trying to do in the type of offense we run, but also complement each other in terms of the skill set that they provide. Right. And I think Dave Clawson has proven that uh, guys can be really effective in the slot. We saw that with Greg Dortz last year bursting onto the scene as a redshirt freshman. Gruel can be used in a very similar fashion, catching passes in the backfield, working the slot. Donovan Green is going to be in that Scotty Washington mold that we saw yep. uh, Scotty break out in last year as a 6'4", 6'5", guy on the outside who can go up and get it and elude defenders um, on the outside of the hash marks. But, you know, Donovan Green – is a guy who you turn on his basketball recruiting tape and every single play is a dunk. You turn on his football recruiting tape and it, you know, this isn't hyperbolic because he's a top 10 wide receiver nationally. And it looks like Randy Moss. I mean, this is a type of caliber of athlete um, and at a skill position, no less that Wake just has not remotely come close to. 
for perspective, Donovan Green is the 90th player in the entire country. Nolan Gruel is a top 250 player in the country. We used to get excited when we got top 500 recruits. Yep. And I think you and I both jumped out of our chairs when we saw these two guys commit in a three or four day span. Completely. And I think the most important thing is that these are guys that fit perfectly with Wake Forest. They're both heavily invested in a family atmosphere and education. Obviously local guys, Green from Mount Airy, Gruel from over in Cornelius, North Carolina. And they're guys that would be interested in Wake Forest, but only if they can get that high level kind of football skill set or football performance. And they want to be competing in the ACC. And so these might have been guys a couple of years ago where they're clearly looking for something like Wake Forest, but they want to make sure that they are going to a school that can provide them bulls every single year and the kind of competition level that they're expecting for their overall talent level. And that we can finally give that to them now. I mean, back to back bowl winning seasons. We can get guys that are Nolan Gruel, Donovan Green-esque, and then continue to build the class around them. I think Gruel in particular is going to be a huge voice going forward as well in making sure this 2019 class fills out uh, the way it should. Yeah, and 2019 is really the class that uh, at least we're considering the class of the athlete, right? You've got Nolan Gruel and Donovan Green who are two guys who are athletes on a national spectrum. But then you look at a player like Jeremiah Gray who has unbelievable uh, spark training scores and just looks like a, a physical freak in the secondary. Yep. Um, and also a guy who is very highly recruited, Kendrell Flowers, who's an all-purpose back. Um, also uh, a, a running back who can elude people is of the size and caliber that he gets recruited by those SEC schools and chooses to be a demon deacon. Mm -hmm. um, this is a trend that we've seen increasingly where uh, Clawson at all positions favors the best athlete. And that's happened with Joshua Taylor, who was one of my favorite guys coming out of high school. He was only a two or a very low three-star uh, flipped his commitment from Temple. But you just watch his film and you're like, that guy's the most athletic guy on the field. Why would he not work out? And as a true freshman, that guy was on the field. Yeah. Right. And you see that with Clawson's approach to offensive linemen too. He's going to say, come in, be an athlete who's a multi-sport guy and not necessarily a grinder early on but put on weight and get better. And that's paid dividends now. And you're seeing that because they debatably have the best offensive line returning this year. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of the culmination of that in so many ways. You also have two guys uh, who are also playmakers at skill positions, Taylor Morin, who is an athlete who committed uh, in this five days, eight day span. And then Cameron Height, who committed before that actually, but is a tight end in the mold of, you know, a Serenay, right? Somebody who's going to be uh, a pass catcher, um, coming off the line. So this is in so many ways, a culmination of a trend, but seeing it on a national stage manifest itself like this, it's hard not to get really excited about it. Yeah. I think for those, a lot of those dual athletes that Dave Kloss has mentioned multiple times, why they go after guys like that. And once they can get them to focus on just one sport, they can turn into huge playmakers at the next level. I think one of the main things that this benefits the most is this new red shirt rule that you can play at least four games in the season as a fresher, as a freshman and right. not lose your red shirt. That's going to be great for guys like Taylor Morin or, or Cameron Height or maybe even any of these offensive linemen just to get them a feel for it and they don't have to burn their red shirt. Obviously, you want your offensive linemen to be upperclassmen usually, and so they can get kind of a feel for the game over the course of their freshman year, still have three more years until they're really expected of anything on the field. Um, but I, th I think in general, things are trending upwards. Uh, I, I want to quickly talk about Michael Kern and just the pickup there. I, the staff obviously was dealt kind of a tough hand with Brendan Clark's decommitment. He just committed to Notre Dame, and we wish the best of luck to him. But I, I, I don't want to understate just how impressed I was 
from Michael Kern, the new quarterback commit, previously committed to Toledo. But we were initially saying back in December on Anthony Manning's huddle tape, right. when he committed to the Deeks, just how impressed we were with his film. Just on the run, leading guys the right way. His overall numbers itself in Florida speak for themselves. He was leading all Florida in, in passing yards, threw for almost 40 touchdowns, um, and just one of the best players of Florida. And we know that Florida quarterbacks that go to Wake Forest end up turning out pretty well. Yeah, the last one who did was John Wolford. He broke just about every record in the books. John Wolford was also committed somewhere else uh, at a lower caliber, caliber ECU before yep. he flipped his commitment to the Deeks. Michael Kern was committed to Toledo and flipped his commitment, but as a guy who slings it and what, you know, Wake Forest affinity aside, a guy that in a vacuum you turn on his film and you see a lot of Riley Skinner, right? He's a guy who's mobile. He's going to move around in the pocket, but he also just slings the rock, and that was really fun to watch. 3,700 yards in 7A football last year is no joke. And if you're going apples to apples, that is bigger, better football than what you're seeing up in uh, Virginia of a former commit to the Deeks. So, and it's not like it was straight volume either. He was comp- completing 60, 67% of his passes. Yeah, 64%, um, 64% yeah. of his passes, right? So um, he's a guy who's going to be hopefully a, a leader for the Deeks, but also somebody who will be great to have in the program. Sure. Uh, also got a 2020 quarterback commit in that period too, Mitch Griffs who reminds us a lot of the aforementioned John Wolford. More to come on that later, but it's hard not to be pretty stoked to see somebody like that right after John's season. And he'll be the pioneer of that class, and he's right. mentioned that. And it's good to always have your quarterback committing early and making sure that he can recruit others to follow him as well. Glad he and Cam Sarnier are friends now, too. That's always good. So class composition, we got a, uh, a uh, question on Twitter here from Demon Dog about Tristan Miller, one-time commit to the Deeks, who flipped his commitment to uh, NC State after decommitting for a while. Um, you know, Demon Dog wants to know, what's the state of in-state recruiting rivalries? And, you know, I think this ties a little bit back to Nolan Gruel and Donovan Green. Both are the top two in-state uh, wide receivers. Yep. Um, you know, it's hard not to feel good about flipping a guy who was previously committed to Duke. And Gruel also had offers from State, state as well, UNC, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, what is the state of in-state recruiting, and and how did the Deeks stack up? I, I think Wake has been as strong as it's ever been in terms of recruiting the area of North Carolina. I mean, you look at the class right now. So we were looking at overall class composition earlier and what percent come from the Carolinas in 2019 versus previous years. So seven out of the 15 commits right now are from either North and South Carolina. Good for 47 percent. The average over the last five years in the Clawson era is just 28 percent. And so they're really honing in on kind of that Dave Clawson philosophy of we want to be able to get guys from the local areas within five-hour drives. We can get them on campus early and often. And the staff is really hitting on some of these North Carolina products. Jalen Hudson, again, a linebacker. We won in a straight recruiting battle over NC State. Um, You mentioned Nolan Gruel, who had a lot of interest from NC State, a lot of interest from University of South Carolina. I think – I mean, you just speak to it. Once you have the wins and and the kind of credibility within the state, it's a lot easier to make sure that you can win some of those battles. NC State is recruiting at a really high level as well, and they're going to get a different type of kid a lot of the times than what we're going to get. We're going to get a lot of the guys focused on education, maybe a smaller atmosphere, maybe earlier playing time. And so we're going to win a couple battles over NC State. I really want to be able to go up against Duke and make sure that we're getting and recruiting at a high level with Duke. 
um, based on what Cutcliffe has done there and UNC especially, particularly with kind of the downturn that program has had last year, we need to be winning those battles and making sure that we're getting the best talent available from within the, the North Carolina. Absolutely. It looks like they've done that so far in this class. You, you mentioned it. 80% of the commits in the 2019 class have come from pipeline states. Those pipeline states are North Carolina, Georgia, South Carolina, Florida, and Virginia. That number typically hovers between 60 and 80%. Um, the percent just from the Carolinas being 47% this year is high, though, and so it's hard not to feel good about the state of Wake recruiting within the areas that they really try to dig into. Another question from Demon Dog, uh, apropos the pipeline states, uh, if you could choose a new pipeline state, what would it be and why? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I mean, we picked those states as kind of our pipeline states mainly just because you see such the high volume of of quantity of commits coming from from those five i think new jersey is kind of an area that we could really hone in on and make make the most out of one i mean we're, we've recruited a North, new jersey commit or a new jersey recruit over the last couple of years i know joshua taylor we flipped after the military bowl with temple um, we already have one right now in will smart out of del barton school in new jersey but main new jersey is really interesting for a couple of reasons one and us coming from new jersey originally with we're super biased yeah, but Rutgers is not really a thing you don't have the i want to grow up and play for my local university Rutgers, like you have in a lot of other states particularly in the south yeah I never so there's did. no real college affiliation of those kids growing up there there's a lot of talent in the area and you also of the other programs that might have a little bit of a, a feel there, such as Syracuse and Boston College, Syracuse right now is really struggling in the 2019 recruiting cycle and has the least amount of commits of any ACC school. But there, it's really kind of an open open season, and no one really has that much of an edge. So you could really go in there, find a couple schools, develop pipelines. Del Barton School is one of them. St. Peter's Prep, we're currently recruiting Chase Jones, who's a high three-star linebacker out of that kind of powerhouse school in northern New Jersey. There's a couple areas we could find in there and make the most out of it and make sure New Jersey kind of becomes that six pipeline state going forward. That would be a lot of fun for us and a lot easier too. We got a lot of questions about uh, the state of the state with the football program with the uh, two-lane game just seven weeks away. We're going to put that on hold for the moment and do a 2018 football outlook pod. Um, you know, obviously the Kendall three-game suspension uh, will have an effect uh, for those September ball games, and Sam Hartman, a rising freshman, true freshman, um, coming in. You mentioned that redshirt rule where you can play four games. That could be huge. Be that huge. could be huge for the Decos in September. But we'll touch on all of that and several of your questions in a football outlook pod uh, later this month or right as camps getting going in August. Shifting over to the hardwood. We got a lot of questions on Twitter about this Wake basketball program, mm -hmm. and that's fitting. Yeah, because <laughs> we have a we lot have of a lot of questions well. too. Yep. And so let's just start with first question from Wes Connor. Your general thoughts on the 2019 basketball recruiting cycle? How is it going? Where are we right now? And let's try to keep this short because we could wax poetic on you know a number of things that are outstanding, but. Let's just give the state of the state right now where we are with basketball. Recruiting. Yeah. So obviously at this point last year, we're in a really good place with Jalen Horde, the leader, if not um, one of the leaders, Isaiah Mucius, again, consistently in his top five of, of articles that are coming out. And I was mentioning to you just last week of, of how often I was tweeting last summer about right. basketball AAU news. And it just seems like at the moment with the, 
in frequency of us getting linked to some of these top 100 targets, there's really been a lot in the dark. And I know the staff tends to kind of work a lot in the shadows and a lot of the commitments that we've had over the last three or four years have kind of come out of nowhere. Uh, the Donovan Mitchell commitment, the sure. Sam Jeff and Matthias commitment. I, I kind of have a sense that's where this is going to go. Um, we don't seem to be, Wendell Moore is the one name and he's been a name for three years now that's been on our radar that has consistently come up and we got an official visit with him set in late September. But other than that, I wouldn't say that we are one of the top two or three options for any one of these four-star guys that we've been kind of following. Um, some have gone different ways. This seems like a type of class that is going to be either we're picking people up after some sort of decommitments later on in the cycle, or we've actually given out a, a fair amount of scholarships in the last three or four weeks to up-and-coming big men that would really benefit from going to Danny Manning and, and going and kind of learning from him, but are a little bit under the radar and not necessarily have been a four-star for a year or so. Um, so kind of investing low and making sure they can kind of rise up as the rest of their senior years go. But right now, a lot of kind of um, unknowns here for the 2019 class. Right. So if we had to compare this to a great movie of yesteryear, this is kind of back to the future, right? Which isn't where you necessarily want to be in year five, but you have to go back to year one or year two where you're pulling guys who are, you know, mid to high three stars and you're turning them into the John Collins types or you're kind of coming out of nowhere and swooping in and grabbing a Doral Moore, a Dinos, or a Brian Crawford, who were, you know, accomplished prospects, but Wake wasn't necessarily in the way. And to be fair, there's no reason to necessarily be in market with a, hey, we were 4-14 four and 14 in year four message, right? Yeah. So when you don't have a pitch, you might as well stay low and out of the, uh, out of the limelight, so to speak. Um, but touching on Rob's question on Twitter, Rob Reinhardt, you all should give him a follow who are some of the top basketball targets and the most re realistic targets? Yeah, I'll start with Wendell Moore. Not that I think we're definitely in the hunt for him. Duke feels pretty confident about him as well. Um, they have one of those official visits scheduled. I, I, we've been on him longer than anyone. And, and obviously that kind of uh, relationship clearly will have an impact at the end of the day, but it really is going to be tough to beat out some of those blue bloods when, like you said, you're coming off a four and 14 season and, and that pitch that you could give to 2018 guys of we're on the rise. We're finally turning the corner. John Collins is heading to the pros. Look what we can yep. do for you. Um, that's not as applicable now. And you kind of that all that momentum really stalled in, in terms of that kind of speech that you could give. Um, some of the other names I want to throw out here. I think we're still in the mix for Anthony Harris, a four-star point guard out of Virginia. Um, Issa Muhammad is a three-star kind of, three, four who visited last month, um, high potential guy, but again, kind of a little raw at the moment and we'd have to work our way up with him. Um, Tyree Samuel, again, he was one of the best players out of Canada. We've been linked with him since I think he was a 2017, uh, class 2017 prospect. UConn might be in the lead there, but we were definitely mentioned with him a couple months ago. So those are a couple of names to toss on now. But again, I think this is the type of thing where the guys are committing to wake. We don't really know right now, or we're just starting to figure out maybe some of these recent um, offers that we've had. Makes our job a little bit more difficult, but hey, what, that's what we're here for, I guess. Um, all right. So let's focus on the current basketball deeks. They hit campus about a week or two ago. Um, we've seen some videos of practice and whatnot on Twitter one in particular who's jumped out is Olivier Saar, who has put on some serious beef. Oh, yeah. And we're talking about a stretch five who, if he makes the John Collins jump, if we call it that, could be a first-round pick. Question from Rafael Alves-Lima on Twitter. 
what does SAR realistically bulking up mean for the position um, in terms of the front court rotation? It looks pretty thin right now, yep. um, even with the addition of Ikenna Smart. Yeah, I, th- I think Olivier SAR bulking up was absolutely huge because one of his main areas of opportunity last year was certainly the fact of just finishing around the rim. And, I, and he struggled with that a little bit just because of his size and, and bulkiness. And I think now that he's at kind of a bigger weight, a lot of that's muscular just due to um, Ryan Horn's the magic ability of, of making guys absolutely humongous over the summer, as we've seen over the last couple of years, I think he could be a huge piece, but the main thing is always going to come back to, like you said, the depth here, because if Olivier Sar goes down, then you're really working with Sunday. OKK, um, Jalen Horde at the four, but he might play a, a decent amount outside as well. And, and a kind of smart, and you, you want to be able to go down to the post and find buckets in some ways. And I'm not sure the smart and okay gate coming into this year will be able to provide that of just getting you something down low out of nothing at the end of the shot clock. Um, so it's going to be really interesting. I think that it's only going to be good news. I'm expecting a lot of good things from Olivier Saar heading into the season. Um, but again, depth is going to be the number one thing. we got to make sure people stay healthy throughout the season. Especially because it doesn't look like we have any news on Christian Lauren. We also got that question from Wes Connor on Twitter. Uh, no update there is the update. You have anything else? No. I mean, I think it might have been – he transferred a couple times in high school. I think there might have been some eligibility concerns. So haven't heard anything on that front. But – um, again, it would be a welcome addition. You just need you just need bodies, and we're two under the scholarship limit right now. All right, well, let's hop right into the demons, Dan. I've got six questions for you. I'm going to toss them right out. You got to answer them quick. Let's go. All right, the football deeks will land another four star in this 2019 class. What say you? Ooh, I'm going to say no right now, unless one of our three stars currently gets bumped up, and we know that that's usually not the Wake Forest bump that goes our, our way for commits. Right. Um, one guy to keep an eye on, Cameron Smith. We just reached his top eight last week. He's a four star of South Carolina. It'd be a huge pull to get him um but south carolina university of south carolina looks heavy favorites right now wake basketball will sign another top 50 basketball player in this cycle last year was jalen Horde. the year before that it was johnny brown yeah wendell moore would be the main thing here i know duke has just all the momentum there and it's looking less and less likely we do have the last official official visit scheduled for him in september so you never know um but i'm gonna say no for that all right, question from Alex Washburn on Twitter. Do you see us having any chance at landing one of the five stars we are after, like Lecker Moore? You kind of just answered that, but what about Jalen Leck? Yeah, Jalen Leck, I, he just seen, like looks like he has blue blood written all over him. Um, and if he was going to reclassify to 2018 and he really wanted to play, I think we would have had a spot for him. But if he's going to stay in 2019, I'm going to say no. All right, back to the gridiron. Kendall Hinton will start another game in black and gold. I'm going to say yes, um, just because starting – I mean, we saw Kendall start a game last year, and he wasn't technically the starter. And if he's here for another two years, there's probably going to be another game that he's going to start. But I am expecting huge things out of Jamie Newman. Loved what I saw from him in the spring game and uh, a lot of potential there. Doral Moore and Brian Crawford will earn an NBA contract next season. Your thoughts? Depends what type of contracts you're saying, if it's going to be a two-way or or them going to be full-time contributors. I know – Doral is on Washington, right? And Crawford got signed up by the, the yes. Nets for the Summer League. We were just watching Cody Miller-McIntyre a couple minutes ago uh, for Toronto. Guy was filling it up. Yeah, and I'm really excited about him for that, for that opportunity. Um, I'm going to say no. I'm expecting them to be in the G League, but best of luck to him. Question from Les Johns on Twitter, the famous Les Johns on Twitter. Is it ethical to hire a five-star prospect's father or guardian as a coach in order to get them to commit? And can the Deeks just do that? That seems to be working. Yeah, I mean, that worked for Western Kentucky. They just landed a five-star because they hired a guardian of a prospect. And I, I saw an interesting take. For 200 k by the way, not for pennies. Yeah, for 200 k no, Yeah. I, I saw something from Aaron Torres, who I actually – 
remember from seven years ago when I started blogging and I had a relationship with him in terms of the, the blogging and he helped me kind of get going there. Um, but funny thing is he said, well, every other program could have done this if they wanted to. And Western Kentucky just decided to do it. I think it's easier to just throw 200K if you're a Western Kentucky and one of your assistant roles is kind of irrelevant anyway. And you can just hire them on the staff and let go of them. There's been other people who have done that over the years, um, hired some sort of father or guardian to get it going. Um, hopefully he plays more minutes than Mitchell Robinson for right. them last year. Grand total um, of zero. Is it ethical? No. Does it work? We'll see. Last but not least, will the Tulane game just get here already? August 30th, the Deeks head to Tulane. I'm, I'm so pumped. I mean, this football season has all the hype behind it. I know Noel Shepard of, um, of the Deacon Club is setting some sort of group to go down there. If you're interested, reach out to him on Twitter. I'm sure there's going to be a big wake squad. I mean, and then if you're also watching in the Charlotte area, there's going to be a new game day spot to watch that I'll be releasing in the next two weeks. So stay tuned for that. A lot of exciting things to come. All right. Well, that was a lot of fun. As always, I am Whit Harwood with my brother, Ned Harwood. This has been the BSD Recruit Report. For all of your Wake Forest sports needs, head to bloggersodear.com, and you can check out Ned on Twitter. He is WFU Sports Stats. Make sure to follow Riley, Rob, and the rest of the crew, Jake as well, uh, on Twitter for all of your up-to-the-minute needs. Go Deeks. Go Deeks.